Good morning and welcome, and we also bid a welcome to the mayor of the city of Batesville, Mike Best. Good morning to you, Mr. Mayor. Good morning. How are you today? I'm well, and uh, of course, it's uh, you know the uh, the year 2021 is winding down, and uh, Batesville City Council held its uh, December meeting on uh, Monday night, uh, along with the uh, Board of Works meeting, and a pretty light agenda. But um, in particular, uh, the Board of Works uh, did have one item, and uh, this was a bid opening on a, a sewer extension project. That's right, and so we uh, received bids on December 8th uh, for what we call the Warner Sewer Extension Project. And so this is, we need to extend a city sewer system out towards the high school, towards the new subdivision that Warner and Garrett is building uh, out there just west of the high school. And uh, so they've already done significant work as far as getting the land developed. And so we need to get a sewer line ran out there so they can connect the new homes that they're looking to build out there to our sewer system. And so we received three bids. Uh, Roughly, uh, the low bidder was around $145,000. The second bidder, a company out of Greensboro called Johanneman, was in around $159,000. Then we had a third bidder that I believe is out of the Ohio area, out of like Hamilton, Ohio, and their uh, bid came in at two hundred and twenty-three thousand. So we had three bids, two that were relatively close. The, the third one was a little bit higher than the other two. Uh, they were both um, the low bid uh, when the engineer put the project together for us and was estimating what. You know their best guess of what they thought it would cost. They were expecting it to be somewhere around 142 and a half, 142,000, 142,557, and the low bid was 145,066. So that's really, really close. Um, and so we really uh, think we got a good bid. And so then our board of works then uh, needed to uh, award a contract to the, and so we. The a motion was made to award to the low, responsive, and responsible bidder, which is kind of the legal way of saying um, that you give the bid to the to a low to the low bidder as long as they are responsible and responsive, and as long as they um, have a good reputation and do good work, uh, then you're supposed to award to that low person. But if you have a low bidder that is not deemed to be responsible. Or responsive, there is a mechanism then for you to maybe bypass the low bidder. Uh, but in this case, the low bidder is a company that we have done business with in the past, who's done really good work for the city in the past, and so we're more than happy with um, that they were low bidder. And so we will. Um, so we voted then on Monday night to award that contract then to C and H M Excavating, um, and. We're looking forward to getting getting them started right away so that they can get that work done and be ready then for when uh, they start building homes out there uh, in that new subdivision. All right. So again, uh, you know, to reiterate, they're going to get uh, started soon, and that's even even with the uh, the cold uh, winter months, they're going to get going. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, uh, the, uh, wastewater lines like this can be done during the winter. There's really no nothing. There's this is all new work, so there's no water, there's no sewage running through any of these pipes yet, and so it uh, can all be done 
uh, during cold months. Now, obviously, it's not as I'm sure it takes them a little bit longer when it's cold out than if, if they were doing it in the middle of the summer when it's nice and warm. Uh, they're uh, having to deal with extra clothes to keep warm and those kinds of things, I'm sure, slows them down a little bit. But for the most part, this kind of work can be done through the winter uh, pretty easily. And so uh, we're hoping that they'll be able to get started right away. The, probably the bigger challenge will be getting materials for the project. Um, and so we'll try to get that awarded quickly so that they can then make uh, get materials on order so that they can start the process of connecting uh, the to their sewer system that they've already installed up on their side and then we'll connect it back to our bigger sewer system back on the south side of Highway 46. All right. So with that, uh, we shift to the uh, council meeting. And once again, a very light agenda. But uh, one thing of item was um, a presentation uh, by uh, Clerk Treasurer Paul Gates uh, regarding the water and gas budget. That's right. And so every year, uh, City Council, uh, we, we make a presentation to City Council to advise them of the budgets for both the water utility and the gas utility. Uh, and so they do not necessarily approve those budgets. Those budgets are approved by the Utility Service Board. And so we have a separate entity, Utility Service Board, that is responsible for those two utilities, and they actually approve the budget. And so that process had already taken place, that had already been approved. And so this was more of a, just an informational thing just to let them know, hey, here's what's been approved, here's the um, uh what their plan is for this year. Uh, and so we've done this. This is, happens every year in the, at the same time. It's more of a formality than anything else. But uh, this way, at least City Council is aware of what's going on. Probably the biggest question that City Council would be concerned about is if there was a need for a rate increase, if there was a rate increase as a part of this budget. So the good news is there is not. Uh, both utilities are in good shape financially, uh, and so there really is no need for a rate increase at this time. Um, the water utility had gone through a rate increase in conjunction with our long-term water project, which has been completed. And so the, those rates are already in the system and already working properly, uh, as well as the new water system itself. And so all that is Gone, gone along really well, and so we're really fortunate how that's come to pass. Uh, and so there really is no need for a rate increase this year. Uh, don't expect there to be one in the next couple of years there, unless something dramatic happens. But we're in really good shape with the both the water and the gas utilities. So there, so there really was nothing for council to be too concerned about. Just making sure that's being run properly, and and. And so every month through the, whenever we have a city council meeting, uh, our clerk treasurer, Paul Gates, puts together documentation about cash on hand and it gives a financial report to city council that gives them an opportunity to see where all the different, either the general fund or the different utilities, water, gas, or wastewater. And so both of those utilities, the gas utility is running in the black this year again and so is the water utility, and so they are both in pretty strong financial shape. 
so that makes it relatively simple. Uh, they're uh, having both having good years and no need for a uh, rate increase, so should be smooth sailing for a couple more years, hopefully. All right, and with that, we're going to uh, take a uh, quick break, and uh, we'll continue with uh, more information from uh, Clerk-Treasurer Paul Gates, and that's coming up as we continue our monthly conversation with Batesville Mayor Mike Bettis right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To-Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To-Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To-Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back. I'm Tom Snape as we continue our monthly visit with the Mayor of Batesville, Mike Bettis. And as we alluded to right before the break, Mr. Mayor, that the clerk-treasurer did his usual report and uh, had some good news about the overall finances of the city. That's right. And so um, generally speaking, the uh, the utilities are in really good shape. Uh, The same is also true for the non-utilities. And so, again, uh, Paul puts together a financial report for the non-utilities and it's a little bit busier this year than most years because there's been a number of special things that have happened on our financial side and so we've been trying to keep them I'll say separate so that we can so people can easily see how we're doing and understand what's going on and so we've been trying to keep some of these line items separate so let me give you an example and so earlier this year the federal government gave money that was part of a, a project, uh, part of the American Rescue Plan, uh, they call ARP uh, funds. And so the city received $754,000 and change in that fund. And so we have that money has come into our system. And if we, we could just dump it into our regular accounts, but it overinflates the numbers and it doesn't give uh, myself or the general public, a true picture of how the city is doing. So we have, as we say, we give it an asterisk or we uh, keep a separate line line item for it. And so that money is, we've separated out, even though it's in city funds, we, we keep where record-wise or record-keeping-wise, we keep it separate so that that money does not um, overinflate our cash on hand and make it look like we're doing better than what we are. And so uh, we have that. We have an asterisk for the ARPA funds. We also have an asterisk for the community crossing funds for next year. We have community crossing money that we received from the state earlier this year. And that was uh, for for what we call the community crossing matching grant 2021-01. And so they sent us a check for $423,000. So we've got to have that listed as an asterisk in our accounts also. And then we also have this money that was part of a cash reserve fund where there was excess funds in the gas utility that was we had been showing on the gas utility report for years as excess funds. And so that money this year was transferred over to the city general fund, and then that money uh, was used to help pay for the utility replacement project on Walnut Street. And 
And so let me go back and do a better job of explaining where that, why that money is coming from gas. And so gas had excess funds, declared money to be excess funds, and then loaned it out to the water utility when the water utility needed funds for a project they were working on. And so once that money was loaned out, it became excess funds, and then it um, legally then transferred uh, responsibility for that money then transferred from the utility service board over to city council. And so it's kind of a technical thing or a very legal thing. And so for years we've been showing that money in the gas utility as just a line item of, of money that they could not touch or use because it was really under the purview of the city council. And so this year we moved that money from uh, the gas utility over to the city's general fund and then we're using it for utility projects since that money was originally generated through the utilities it's appropriate for that money to be used on utility projects and so then we did this or we did the water and sewer replacements on walnut street this year we used a portion of those funds then for that project and so the money that is still left in that account almost four hundred thousand dollars we will continue to use for utility projects so as to keep that money being used for utility, but uh, the city council is managing those funds at this point. So that, too, is showing up as an asterisk on our fund balance summary. So now we have three asterisks on our on our balance sheet. And so it, if, so if you back those funds out of our general fund, the city is about three hundred and twenty thousand dollars in the black for cash on hand for this year. So we're doing really well this year again. And so we're in a pretty good shape financially. And uh, and so a lot of that credit goes to Paul. But it, there has been a lot of moving parts this year uh, with this ARPA funds and the, the, the money from the gas funds and the community crossing funds. And so there's been a lot to keep, keep track of. Paul's done a really great job of, of keeping everyone, myself included, informed on where we are. And we're still running in a positive uh, direction this year. We'll, uh, we'll finish with more cash on hand at the end of the year than what we started. And we're about 300000 to the good right now. So we're, we feel good about that. But we know that we're going to have expenses next year. And so we're going to use some, some of those asterisks next year. Uh, and so that's all part of the, of, I'll say, the, of the bigger plan. But it's just, just to be honest and just to be transparent and just to make it as easy as possible for people to see how we're doing as far as managing the money and how we're spending the money for uh, taxpayers' money up for, for different projects. Uh, we had to add these asterisks so as to make it so we would understand it and then hopefully I'll be able to do a decent job of explaining it to folks on how where the money came from and how we're using it and how it then affects the city overall. And so it, it gets a little involved, but um, I, th I think it's, it, it's the right way to do it so people can get a fair picture of how we're doing uh, so they can have a better understanding that we are uh, being very mindful with the taxpayers' dollars and doing, doing our best with it that, that we can. All right, and with that, uh, of course, we move into uh, the mayor's report, and of course, uh, you know, you uh, had a, a couple of items that uh, you wanted to share with the council and uh, those in attendance as well, uh, you know, per usual. 
That's right. And so every month I go through and try to update council on the the different projects that the city is working on. Uh, unfortunately, a part of that conversation every month is about COVID. And so I have to, um, uh, I do my best to try to bring uh, my conversation about COVID down to more of the um, how it affects Batesville itself. And so three days a week, I do a radio, a short radio program on WRBI uh, in the morning. Generally, it's around 7.40 in the morning. And I do kind of a quick uh, uh, update on what's happening with COVID in the four-county region between Ripley, Franklin, Decatur, and Dearborn counties. Because uh, we have people who, uh, in the radio listening audience, who live in those areas, work in those areas. And so we try to keep it uh, for that four-county region so it's um, so it fits the needs of the radio listeners. Uh, but then once a month, then when I have my we have a city council meeting, I try to um, narrow that down to more just the city of Batesville. And so, unfortunately, the state does not give us information that is that specific just to one city, but they do at least give us information based on the zip code. And so that helps immensely that we have uh, information that is about strictly about the zip code. And so, uh, so that's what I share with city council every month. And so this past month, from the last city council meeting till uh, Monday night, we had 219 new cases of COVID throughout uh, the 47006 zip code, uh, which in comparison to the month before was 133 cases the month before. And so that is obviously an increase. I think I think I did that math, and I think it was a 65% uh, increase from this past, past month versus the month before. And just for a little bit more... Um, uh, to compare the the previous month, the month before that was 190, and the month before that was 183. Uh, and so, obviously, we've been in a this trend now for the last four months, where it's been a little bit higher. The previous four months, before we got up in the 180s, 190s, it was only 11 per month, or four months in a row. So. Uh, obviously, it's in an uptick, and it's much higher than what it has been. So, as as I do every uh, do every chance I get, is encourage people to have a conversation with your uh, medical provider about getting vaccinated, so we can get more people vaccinated, so that we can cut down on the people who get severely ill, and try to keep folks out of the hospital the best we can so that we don't overrun the hospitals during these times. And so that's part was part of the of what I uh, keep track of on a daily basis is how busy is our local hospital, how busy is uh, the big regional hospitals, how bu- busy are they in Indianapolis, how busy are they in Cincinnati. Um, because when we get busy here, um, we or we have very, very sick people, we, they, uh, the local hospital likes to send them out to one of the bigger cities, to other hospitals where they have more specialized care and can help those people uh, more efficiently than what we can do here. And so we have that going on um, presently where the local hospital has uh, 29, 30 patients in-house for a hospital that normally has a capacity of 25. Half of that 30 is COVID patients at the present time. And so obviously it is stretching the local hospital a little bit. 
the challenge we have today is that the Indianapolis hospitals are very busy also, so much so that last week they, uh, IU Health literally called in the Indiana National Guard to help them man their hospitals so that they could take care of the influx of patients that they are seeing in Indianapolis. Now, Cincinnati is not quite as bad, and so that has not gotten to uh, uh, the same condition in Cincinnati, which is good news for us. But they, they're busy. They're just not as busy as they might be in, in Indianapolis, and so they're not turning folks away yet. And so we still have a ways to go, uh, but just uh, try to give that update every month so people understand what's going on here locally and so hopefully people will make, you know, choices that they be smart and be careful about what you're doing. I think the influx, the big bounce of cases that we're seeing right now Unfortunately, it's probably a product of family gatherings at uh, around Thanksgiving. And so, if you do, if you count backwards a couple weeks from right now, you're right in the middle of the Thanksgiving holiday season. And unfortunately, that's uh, how this virus seems to get passed around more quickly is through family gatherings. And obviously, lots of families got together, rightfully so. And I think what really happens more than anything else is that somebody has it, has COVID-19. They don't realize that they have it. And then they pass it off to other people uh, who don't know that the first person is ill and maybe that person doesn't know they're ill. And so it gets passed around in the family. And then all of a sudden you've got multiple family members who are ill at the same time. And so we saw the same thing happen last year. Um, my guess is it's probably having the same effect again this year. And so we're probably not out of the woods with this yet because we still have the Christmas season coming up. So now's the time for people to try to remember, hey, now's the time I should be washing my hands and, and covering my, my mouth and wearing a mask when I'm going in, indoors. Or if I cough or sneeze, to cover your face so you don't spread those germs across the room for other people to, to catch. And so there's just so much... Uh, going on that we just need folks to understand that it's here, it's present, it's getting passed around, and uh, it's very sneaky. It, it, I try every month to give that update so people understand what's going on so that they can then make informed decisions about, one, to get vaccinated, or if uh, even if you are vaccinated, to make sure that you're doing things and protect yourself and those kinds of things that we've talked about for so long. The, for people to be careful and, and make good choices. And so, again, I'll ask, if you've not got vaccinated yet, please have a conversation with your doctor. Uh, take their advice, and if uh, that advice comes back to get vaccinated, uh, vaccines are available. Uh, very easy to very easy to find at this point. You can get vaccinated either through Margaret Mary Health at their Occupational Health and Wellness Center, uh, and, but there's also vaccines available from CVS. It's available from Kroger's. It's also available through the Ripley County Health Department. So there's lots of opportunities to get vaccinated. And the vaccine itself does not protect you from getting the virus. What it seems to be best at is protecting, is helping people not to become as sick, not to be as ill from the virus as those people who are not vaccinated. And so that's another group of numbers that I share with city council is the percentage of people who are vaccinated. And so, again, the, the state uh, provides vaccination rates for our zip code. And so for our 47006 zip code, 
57.2% of the people in that zip code have been vaccinated who are five and over. And so we still have a ways to go to, to get that number up, but we're still slightly ahead of the state number. The state percentage uh, all across the state is 53.8%. So we're still slightly above the state average, uh, but there's obviously lots of room improvement for both the state and for our zip code. And anything else uh, before we uh, let you uh, loose for the rest of the day, Mr. Mayor? We've got a lot of things going on around the city right now, and we're in a good shape financially. And most of our projects are kind of winding down right now. There's still a small amount of work still being done around the city on different projects. Some punch list items that need to be corrected or fixed or restoration work that needs to be done. So we still have things to, to do. And I know we're still picking up leaves all across the city, and so that we're making progress with that. I don't know if I'll get a chance to talk to everybody before Christmas, but if not, Merry Christmas. Uh, be safe and enjoy your families, and uh, we wish you all the very best. And uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours, Mr. Mayor. We appreciate your time uh, this morning and uh, throughout the year, and uh, we will talk to you uh, next year. All right. You have a great day. All right, thank you, too. And again, our thanks to Mayor Mike Bettis from the city of Batesville for joining us this morning. I'm Tom Snape for The Daily Pod.